0: Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. We are continuing our study through the book of Mark, and this time we are going to be turning to Mark chapter (laughs) 2. It only took seven weeks, but we got there. Thank you. Oh, it's very full. Um, So, we made it. We have made it past the first chapter. And so, as you read through the book of Mark, you will see that there's a a common word that comes up, and it's going to come up again in in the, the section of Scripture that we're reading this morning. And it's a word, it's the word immediately. And... Sometimes, I think when we think about the word immediate, we, we can sometimes get it confused with careless, or maybe that it's, it's something that's happening kind of haphazardly. But when we see the word immediately in Scripture, especially as it pertains to Jesus, it's actually the exact opposite. When we see the word immediately, it, it should make us think of purpose. It should make us think of with initiative. There's this drive. This, there's an action that needs to be taken, and immediately it's taken. So at the beginning of Mark 2, we see this group of friends who have obviously heard about Jesus... And the works that he has been doing. And they decide that their paralyzed friend needs to see this Jesus in order to be healed. But once they, the friends get the man to the place where Jesus is. Get the man to the, the house where Jesus is. Things take an interesting turn. Jesus doesn't follow their agenda. Instead he focuses on the most important thing that needs to be done. The, the friends came looking for healing, but the fact of the matter is that, that there was a, a bigger need that needed to take place, and it, it wasn't healing that was the most important thing. There was forgiveness that needed to happen first. In our 9 a.m. study on the foundations of Pentecostal theology, we have been going over one specific chapter uh, for the past number of weeks about divine healing. And a point that is easily lost when we pray for healing in certain situations, especially in situations involving those who haven't made a decision to follow Christ yet, is that the healing is not the ultimate prize. And that can be a difficult conversation for somebody who doesn't understand that there is another prize. The the healing is not the ultimate prize. It's not the ultimate goal. Not because God doesn't care about your life. Not because God doesn't care about your, your comfort level. But because our time on this earth is temporary, our time on this earth is fleeting in the light of eternity. Does God have the power to heal? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, he does. God has the power to heal. Absolutely. Will God always heal according to your agenda and your timeline? (laughs) Or in this case, the agenda of four friends who brought you to him? Not always. So... I want us to, to imagine for a minute that you're a parent. I just, I'm going to give you a hypothetical situation. I haven't done this before. As a dad, you, you show up to your kids and you say, hey, we're going to do something amazing today. You, you will not believe what it is that we're going to do. You, guess what we're going to do. Are we going bowling or are, maybe we're gonna go to mini golf. The mini golf is what you're gonna take us to do, right? No, it's it is so much more amazing than golfing or or, or going bowling. We're we're gonna go like hours away. We're gonna have to go on a road trip to go do this. Are you taking us to Walmart? Or, or, you know, are are you taking us to Home Depot? Right? Is it that good? No, it's, it's so much more than that. And you can kind of imagine how this conversation would go, right? There, the, sometimes what happens, we as parents have a broader picture of what is in store for our children than, than what they have in store for themselves. And their, their world is mini golf and bowling. Whereas my world is, hey, we're going to go to Disneyland or we're going to go do this other thing. And it's just like their, their minds cannot even comprehend that level of amazing excitement that is about to take place. And what I've started to kind of piece together as we've done these studies in, the, in Sunday school and as I was preparing for this is sometimes the prayers that I bring to God are, are mini golf bowling level. And that's the expectation that I'm bringing to God. God's like, man, you need to set your sights higher. I have more in store for you than mini golf and bowling. We're going to Disneyland, so to speak. You guys better not tell my kids we're going to Disneyland because we're not. Okay. <laughs> That's not the, the plan right now. But but do you understand? Like sometimes our expectation is is just right here. And God's like, I have so much more planned for you. Mark two, one through twelve. And when he returned to Capernaum, Jesus, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. We have to set our sights higher. So this morning, as we, we look at, at this portion of Scripture, there, there's something that we need to do. We need to put ourselves in the middle of this situation for just a moment. Just, just imagine that we're, we're sitting here, and all of a sudden you look up and, and there's like this like crack starting to form in the, the ceiling. And you're like, "Well, that's weird. And all of a sudden, like, sheetrock dust dust starts falling. And and pretty soon you start hearing, like, a power saw going. And, like, the roof is getting taken off while we're sitting in church. I I thought we were working on the kitchen for the construction project. I didn't know we were doing a roof issue as well. But the, the roof starts coming apart. And then you see a guy's face peeking in everybody's like waving. And then all of a sudden this guy gets lowered in from the center because everybody, there's no room for anyone else to come in. And this guy gets lowered down into the middle of church. You came to church expecting some piano playing. You came to church expecting that we were going to have this type of interaction. I don't think anybody really came expecting that the guy was going to get lowered down on his bed into the middle of, of the service. That that doesn't fit in the schedule of events that, that I put together for this week. <laughs> I think Colton knows something about scheduled events not not happening. <laughs> think about maybe what those initial reactions are. Maybe the, the first reaction is, man, what that was my roof. <laughs> Maybe the reaction is, I, I didn't come here for that. I came here for something else. I, I had a plan of, of what this was going to be. But all of a sudden, these guys show up, these four guys show up, and they're messing with my agenda, with my plan. Now, it, instead of being the, the random face in the crowd, let's, let's imagine again, being a man who has been retrieved, by four friends from a mat that you live on every single day to go out and see a man who they say can change everything. Just stop and think about that for a minute. Do I even dare to consider... this man could actually do what they say he can do. Up until this point, my life has been this pallet that I sleep on. I can't eat unless someone brings it to me. I can't roll over unless someone helps me do it. I can't clean myself unless someone cleans me. And when your life has been relegated to one specific position, one specific place, for as long as you can hope to expect, you stop hoping. You you stop expecting that there could be anything else, because every time you get your hopes up, it just hurts. But then these four friends came. And these friends are the the kind of friends that every person needs to have. Friends who come and and keep me up to date on the the things that are going on around me because I can't get out and and see what's happening in the world. Friends who love me and, and come to me when I obviously can't go to them. Friends who are now telling me about this man named Jesus who seems different than every other teacher that has come up to this point. Did you know that this teacher has the power to cast out demons? Did you know that this teacher healed the mother-in-law of one of his disciples? He healed a whole bunch of other people that were in the city as well. They all came to his house. Maybe this is the solution that could, could fix you. Maybe this is the thing that could make it so you don't have to spend life, so I don't have to spend life on this pallet anymore. But how am I supposed to get to him? I can't get to him. How would I even get to the same city as him? Let alone get into the same house. But then these these friends start sharing what seems like a pretty crazy idea. Maybe you guys have those friends that kind of come up with the crazy ideas. And if, you, don't, if you, you can't think of one of those friends who comes up with the crazy ideas, then they, it's probably a good, good uh, chance that you are the one who's coming up with the crazy ideas. But when they, they share the idea, I immediately flash back to that time that, that they tried to float me on the pallet down the river for that once-in-a-lifetime experience that, that they th- thought that I needed. And it always, almost was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. But I think back to all of these experiences that I've had with these friends, all of these different things that I've gone through. Maybe I should just go with them. So this Jesus is preaching in a house, and, and my friends take me to see him. And on the, the surface, this seems pretty safe, and OK, sure. Let, let's give it a try. I want to see Jesus, but I feel bad that, that I'm being the inconvenience to my friends at this point. We need to have friendships that, that get us to Jesus by any means necessary. We need friends who are going to pick us up and that will carry us to Jesus if that's what it takes. And so that's what my friends did. They, they picked me up and they, they carried me to Jesus and, and we get to the house and of course the story of my life, there's no room. I can't see Jesus today. They, they set my pallet down and I felt bad that they had carried me all this way. Oh, well, this is, this is just the, the, the same time I shouldn't have got my hopes up. But I still appreciate and admire my, my friends for, for bringing me this far. And, and then the same, the same friend who wanted to, to reenact the, the River Wild event, who sent me down the river, right? We're taking some uh, theatrical license here. <laughs> he sees a ladder leaning against the wall. And I said, no. No, don't you think about it. He says, just be quiet. And they they get that ladder and they they set it up against the house. And I I can't figure out how they did it, but they, they dragged me up the ladder. It probably wasn't the most graceful thing in the world. Once we get to the top, I I get to put on my I I told you so face and say, he's not up here, you bunch of crazy people. What are you going to do? Cut through the roof? Yes. They did. The whole time I'm yelling at them about vandalism, about homeowners insurance and liability insurance, but they don't listen. I tell them I don't have the money to pay to put this roof back and they're not listening. They just keep cutting. This is going to be just like that rafting trip last summer. I know it. And the hole is eventually big enough, and then they just start lowering me through the hole. And that went about as gracefully as you would imagine it would. I couldn't see much as I was still on my mat, but once I got low enough to see faces, I could see lots of people that maybe weren't too pleased that I was there. I was disrupting the teaching time that they had come, they had worked so hard to come and see. That lady doesn't seem super happy to see me. That guy looks like maybe this house belongs to him because he's looking pretty upset about the roof. I didn't know what Jesus looked like when I I got lowered into that room. But once I saw those eyes, I knew. I just rained down dust and debris from the roof on everyone in that room. And everyone else didn't look super happy about it. But then there was Jesus. And he's just looking at me and smiling. I look up at my friends and they're giving me the big thumbs up with a grin. I'm like, well, what do we do now? What comes next? And then Jesus said something really interesting, something that was completely unexpected. He said, He saw my friend's faith, not mine. He saw my friend's faith. And then he said that my sins were forgiven. And at the time, I didn't really come there for forgiveness. I came there for healing. The whole point of this day was that I would get healing. That's what I was expecting. But instead of pick up your pallet and walk, he said, your sins are forgiven. Jesus, I, that's great and all, but I need to be able to walk. That's not what I came for today. Now, I didn't come out and say, Who cares? But it definitely crossed my mind, Jesus, my legs don't work. Could we maybe fix that first, please? Yeah, my sins need to be forgiven, but I need this first. And the lesson that that I learned that day is that my greatest need isn't always the one that's glaringly obvious. It's not always the one that that seems most important to me at that moment. Sometimes the relational need, sometimes the financial need, sometimes the physical illness, the, the area that to us seems the most relevant is actually not the need that needs to be addressed. When Jesus spoke to me, he called me son. He called me a part of his family. And while initially I felt like the most important need in my life was to be able to walk, being called a part of the family fulfilled a need that I didn't even know that I had. A need that went beyond my need for physical healing. We need forgiveness for our sins more than we need relief from our current circumstance. If God worked according to my list, I think I would start treating God like a heavenly vending machine. And less like a heavenly father who loves his children. So this man, he's healed. He's able to walk Jesus was concerned about his physical need as well. But there was another need that was more important that had to be addressed. Jesus is able to go beyond what we ask in order to provide what we need. I came asking for healing and he came offering forgiveness. Forgiveness for my doubts. Forgiveness for the envy that, that is eating me up when I see other people that can walk, when I see other people that, that have received healing that, that I have been asking for day after day, night after night that I haven't received. Forgiveness for all of the sins that, that I tried to justify based on the hardships that I have faced. Jesus is able to go beyond all of the things that we ask for and saying, you need to set your sights higher. We need that kind of Jesus. That's, That's the Jesus that we need. Jesus never once indicated that he was upset that a man just got lowered in through a roof in front of him. Never once was there a, a conversation, man, I was just getting to a really good point, And you ruined it. That was, it was never a, a point of conversation that took place. Jesus met the man and addressed his need. And his need wasn't immediately to be healed and to be able to walk. The need was to have his sins forgiven. And it's important to note, who can forgive sin? No one but God. And so as, as Jesus is, is in this room full of people who have all gathered together to see him teach, as this man is lowered in, it's that moment that we see Jesus proclaim himself as the Son of God. And it would be one thing to say your sins are forgiven. And just leave it at that. Could, could the man have gone on and lived his life? Could he have, have continued on as a paralyzed man, but, but still knowing that his sins have been forgiven, that, that he's been made whole? It, would he have been able to, to survive that way? Yes. But Jesus demonstrates his authority even more so when he says, get up and walk. So first he deals with the relationship between this man and his heavenly father. But then he says, we need to, to allow this, this transaction. We need to allow this transformation to be something that, that is for all to see. That it's a testimony for all to see. Get up and walk. And so this, this man picks up his pallet and he goes home. And, and he has this testimony of, of God healed me. God made it so that I, I could walk. But he also forgave me. He forgave me of the the sins that I had committed. He he made me right with God, and that becomes His testimony. And so as as you encounter healing in your life, as we all encounter times of divine healing in our life, those those healings become the testimonies that we bring and we say, "God healed us." God. Address this area. God loves me enough to care for me in this way. But that healing, that physical healing is is but a glimpse in light of God's eternal healing that he has bought on the cross for me. And even if I don't experience physical healing in this moment, I still know that God has healed me ultimately in eternity that 's the the message that 's the testimony that, that we have as believers let 's pray, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are God who has the best in store for your children. We thank you that you heal we thank you that that you heal perfectly. And God, sometimes that healing is not in line with our time frame. It's not in line with our agenda, God. And we, we surrender those things to you this morning. God, there are people here this morning that need a touch from you, that need healing. Specifically, that need physical healing, that need uh, healing in specific areas of their life, Lord, and we come and, and we ask for that this morning. God, we ask for your perspective. Lord, we ask that as we come to this time, time of receiving from you, Lord, that we would have hearts and ears to hear, that we would be sensitive to the, the direction that you give. And God, we, we come hoping to hear that, that direction of take up your mat and walk. Every single one of us wants, wants to hear that specific response for the specific need that we bring. But God, sometimes that's not the response. Sometimes that isn't what is what we actually need in this moment. And so God, we, we lay down our rights, we lay down our desires, we lay down our plans, and we take up what you have planned for us today. we ask that your will would be done in our lives and on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop.